welcome back to our latest episode of Scoop TV. This episode, Josh and Mark, hey, that's me. We're uh, we're going to go over the first week of fall camp, primarily reviewing the team's first scrimmage that they just completed, wrapping up week one. Uh, a lot of surprises, maybe some, not so many. The left tackle position, still up in the air. Uh, looks like there's going to be a lot of competition there. There's at least two bodies, possibly three. The offensive line in general, it's still a whip. WIP, work in progress. Get familiar with that because we're going to be using it a lot, it looks like. The running backs, still a whip. The wide receivers, uh, Todd Washington, remember the name. USC might have found another weapon to use, uh, giving Drake London a little relief, and Gary Bryant, and Kyle Ford, and John Jackson, and Joseph Manjack IV, who, by the way, uh, he might become the new fan favorite. If you get a chance, check out his the interview we did with him last week on uscscoop.com. And Michael Jackson III out of Las Vegas, uh, he might be USC's new Amon Ross St. Brown. When I'm watching a guy stay after practice an hour, catching balls from a walk-on quarterback and being the last guy to leave the field, that's a good indicator that he's dedicated to the sport. Uh, The quarterback position, Keaton Slovis, he's QB1, don't forget that. The backup position though, it's getting tight. We'll see what happens this upcoming week when we anticipate a lot of hitting. We, we think the team's going to be in pads quite a few times this week because uh, they're going to have six practices coming up. And then the defense, man, whoo! Lots going on there. And Trojan fans, you're going to love Corey Foreman. He is so fast, so strong, so quick, so instinctive. Vic Oto has got a uh, he's got a diamond to work with. All that plus a whole lot more. So uh, check it out right here on Scoop TV and we're all one big Trojan family podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scoop TV. I'm your host, host Josh Ann, joined by my co-host Mark Culkin. Mark, how are you doing? Hey man, sorry, tired. Uh, this is my Sunday grunge look. But yeah, hey, I'm great. We, uh, we had the scrimmage yesterday, yeah? Yeah. First, uh, first time I was back in the Coliseum, I was thinking yesterday since uh, Drake London, Amon Rod, Tyler, and uh, Pitt went for 100 yards against that other team in, uh, in L.A. Yeah, I was asking. We were, we were trying to figure out when the last time I sat in the stands as a fan. Um, it's been a while. But yeah. we had a good setup yesterday. I mean, they put us right there at the 50-yard line. And, and we had our choice. We could do the seat, you know, in the first three rows at the top of the bowl, first, you know, lower bowl. Or we can grab our own personal chair and sit in the shade on the concourse near the concessions. And what did we think, all? Yeah, we chose the shade. Yeah, the shade, man. We had our feet, feet kicked up on the uh, on the ottoman, so to speak. And it was the right call. I mean, I just felt like there was nothing different from being a couple rows down than it was being in the shade. You know, you know what? we stand all day at practice every every day during the week. I think we deserve a, a chance. <laughs> we earned it, right? Yeah. For sure. I mean, and you know, we we do want to say that like, we've been getting so much access, which is great. So we can do these episodes. You know, obviously we can't, you know, say everything we might want to say, but at the same time, we get so much access that we're able to like make conclusions and kind of like go through the information we want to share. Well, yeah, we were talking about that before we started. You know, this year uh, we have more access than we had pre-COVID. Yeah, I mean, and this is almost as much access uh, that we had during the peak Carroll years. And, and I say that as a compliment because back then it was kind of like, <laughs> I mean, there was a line to get in just from, you know, fans, but we were able to go wherever we wanted pretty much from the practice field. Um, we were, you know, hanging out with family, media, former players. It was, it was just a really cool environment. So even though we're not quite there yet, um, we did see uh, the family members there this past week, uh, Tuesdays, they'll be out there. Um, so I'm sure we'll see them again this week. Uh, the weather's been inviting, and I know USC has been just as inviting, wanting to wanting to get them out there. So it's added some excitement, uh, and I think the players are feeding off of it too. 
No, for sure. It's it's very nice to like see your family. Out there. It's it's awesome, you know, after practice when the players come over to, and they they say what's up to their family, but they also say what's up to like the of uh, a dad or a mom of a teammate that they grew up with. Like that type of stuff is just awesome, man. So I think that's awesome that they get to do do that. Absolutely, because well, you, you, you just touched on it. A lot of these guys grew up together, mm-hmm. and so you know, if one mom isn't there, the the mom that is there becomes the mom for everybody, and uh, well, that's important. It's good to it's good to have that environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the scrimmage, Mark. I mean, I think my you know initial thoughts are like if you were thinking like this was gonna be you know the day that you know Kaden Slovis goes out there he gets like all the reps and then you get the ones on the ones and it's mano y mano. Uh, that's not what yesterday was. That's not what yesterday was at all. But uh, I think you know there's reasons for that and I want you to go into that. Okay. So this is strictly my Holiday in professional analysis. I don't know if people are aware, but, you know, typically you get three scrimmages during fall camp. Well, now you're only allowed two. Uh, So I I think they're using these things strategically to kind of evaluate the younger players. Um, You know, so you you touched on it. Keaton Slovis, you know, he he was out there for a handful of plays. Two series, I think they ran him out there. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. No, and they shelved him. He looked great. They, They saw what they needed to see. And, you know, there's also no reason to, you know, put them at, in harm's way. Um, real quickly, Colorado might have lost their starting quarterback for the year at practice yesterday. So for all you guys out there saying, you know, Helton runs a soft camp and yada, yada, yada. It's a balance. It, it's definitely a balancing act. Yeah. balance too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drake London, same thing. You know, he didn't need, he was suited up, but they didn't even put him out there. They kind of, they took his helmet away from him, so to speak. Um, he's just so competitive. He was already dinged up during the week. They don't need to see any more from Drake in the first week of camp. You know, let, let's look at him a little bit later in the camp. Let's look at the other wide receiver. Who's the number two guy? You know, gives that, you know, so we know Drake's going to be number one. So whoever is going to be number two now gets to battles the number one on the day. So was that Kyle Ford? Was that John Jackson? Was that Michael Jackson? Was that, was that uh, Manjack? I mean, that's what these, I think that's what the first week and what yesterday's scrimmage was all about, evaluating the younger guys. And we could say the same thing on the O-line. You know, all week we reported Jonah Monheim was, you know, getting run with the ones at left tackle. Everyone kind of assumed coming out of spring because Cortland Ford got most of the run at left tackle with the ones that that was just going to be what we continue to see. Well, fall camp arrives, you know, they have only a certain amount of time to evaluate who can do what, who's comfortable where, who's uncomfortable at certain positions. So I think um, they use the week. All right, we saw Jonah for, what, four days in a row at left tackle with the ones during practice. Yesterday at the scrimmage, that's where he started. That doesn't mean that's going to happen starting next week on Monday, tomorrow with practice. I think we're probably going to see now, all right, let's flip Cortland back over there. Let's give him a solid week and let's see how his week culminates with a scrimmage. Because then you just go after that, you go into mock week before um, regular season. I mean, that's how close we are. So I think the staff has a plan in place. Did that answer the question, Josh? Did I miss anything? No, I mean, you, you really hit everything on the head. Like you hit the nail on the head there. Like this was, it's an evaluation day. I think, I think that the coach is like, we, where, where there's constants, I think when we saw that, like the positions where there's constants, right? Like at quarterback and wide receiver one, I think they were like, okay, let's see what we have elsewhere, right? So we saw a lot of other guys get reps. Miller Moss was in there a lot. Jackson Dart was in there a lot. Right. We, we can now focus on the, each of the positions specifically. So <clears throat> like we said, we touched on Keaton, you know, he threw a few balls, looked great. Um, the first quarterback up yesterday, I believe, was was Miller Moss. And who else did we see at left tackle? It wasn't just Jonah. Everybody was getting run there. Cortland was flipped back over there. We saw Andrew Voorhees at left tackle. I mean, he got he had a few series there. Um, but back to the quarterback. So Miller Moss was the first guy. The offense, regardless of who was playing, they were, I don't know, sloppy. Uh, the, 
it just felt like they were one second, like they were a little bit off. Okay. Yeah, just a little off all day. That's the timing with the receivers wasn't as sharp as it normally is. Yeah. Okay. So after Miller Moss, the next quarterback was Jackson Dart. Same thing for the first, I'd say, what, hour of the scrimmage, the offense struggled to move the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, were, there weren't any touchdowns early. Not that I remember, yeah. No. So the offense looked the best with Keaton. So now it was time, all right, let's give Miller a good, you know, a good few series. But they gave Jackson a few good series. And then it was just kind of flip-flopping around and just mixing and matching everybody. So as much as it was, it was hard to, to grasp who was ahead, this is what we can say for the backup quarterback spot. They both looked good. They had their moments. Jackson was able to lead three scoring drives, um, I guess, towards the tail end of practice, the last 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was willing to take shots down the field where Miller was more of the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to compare it to Cody Kessler, but more of a manager type. Would that be a, a fair way of assessing it? Yeah, Jack- Jackson, Jackson Hart is more of the, uh, let, me, let me throw it up and see if my guy can come down with it. Sure. Will, you know he'll 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 he he'll took get a shot the four yard gain and but he can also take i think one thing one aspect of growth we've seen from miller in this fall is that he's learned that hey i'm at usc he said this you know at his media availability i think this week he's like hey sometimes you know you don't make the best decision but this is why you're at usc right you throw it up and you see what happens right so early on early going that both of these guys were taking their shots downfield and the, the timing was just off of the receivers it, it was just you know slightly overthrown or that, you know, the DB was making a good play, whatever the case was, they were taking their shots. But at a certain point, you know, Miller was like, all right, well, if we're not connecting downfield. Let's see if we can move the offense um, short and middle throws. Jackson continued, at least it seemed like, to want to go downfield more. And eventually um, the receivers, you know, made some plays. Kyle Ford had a touchdown. Um, Jackson Dart, excuse me, <laughs> Michael Jackson had a touchdown. And John Jackson uh, had a touchdown. So these were the receivers that these guys were playing with. Drake wasn't even on the field. So that's what you want to take from the first scrimmage. You know, it's like, all right, these guys are playing together for the first time. They've had, you know, they've had practice sessions together, but, you know, the lights have kind of come on for the first time. Let's see what they can do. It's a little sloppy. But I, I think that's to be expected right yeah i mean definitely I, there there is some time obviously you're now now we're starting to move into this period where it's like we want to start seeing signs of this team is ready to go on september 4th the right. season over you know what you want them to start looking sharp um but like the talent is still there at the wide receiver position i think oh. one thing you know we've talked about taj washington enough but he had he had one sequence i should say where you saw the, the explosiveness and the big playability and like he, he he's got that ability you know you throw him a couple like a short pass and he's got the ability to take it 30 40 yards you know yeah i, I you know when you see somebody who is a, is athletic as as tajes and who has similar body movement and style that adoree jackson has you're you're hoping that they're going to try and get him into as much open space as possible in one-on-one type of situations because I think you touched on it earlier in the week. He's going to embarrass a lot of people on national TV this year, if that's the case. No, yeah. Some, somebody's son is, he's going to make somebody's son look bad at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's going to end up on Sports Center. This kid, Taj Washington, transferred from Memphis. You know, everybody's going, whoa, who's that? Who's 16 running around out there? You know? And yesterday, you know, he had, he probably had, I, you know, we'll call it the highlight play of the day um, where he, you know, Showed a lot of wiggle, a couple spin moves. Got some good blocking downfield from uh, Josiah Zamora, uh, the, the preferred walk-on. It, literally, I'm not just pointing that out. He, I'm pointing that out because it was a significant way that he was Zamora was downfield looking for somebody to block, and Taj was actually following him as his lead blocker. So um, there's some good technique being taught during the week, and it's showing up during the scrimmage by the young guys. Uh, That's the takeaway from that. Um, Katie Nixon, um, you know, we don't mention his name frequently, 
but you know when he puts his foot in the ground he is zero to 60 in a second and he doesn't need any time to, to churn and go so we who else did we didn't see at wide receiver yesterday that you know gary bryant didn't play no so that's a weapon uh you know malcolm epps is still you know he's he's trying to get his toe going um, I think we found out earlier in the week that Jake Smith of the transfer isn't going to be with us this year. You know, he's going to rehab that foot. I think he's going to have surgery. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, so, um, you know, yesterday the, the wide receivers, the, the group was smaller than usual, but, you know, part of that was by plan. Uh, so we were hoping, you know, the run game might have been a little bit better. Um, it had its moments, but again, the the run game was without Keonta Ingram, without Darwin Barlow, who were both sitting, sitting it out. Uh, they were dressed, but you know, for for health and safety purposes, you know, they got dinged up. Let's 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 make sure they're healthy as we get closer to the season. Um, they relied on Vavai for what one series, two series. I didn't see six out there much. Right, Keenan Christian, uh, Keenan Kristen carried the load for most of the time, uh, most of the time. Quincy Jaunty had a had a couple of nice runs, um, but ball security was an issue. Yeah, there was, you know, the thing, you know, since I feel like we saw the most of Keenan yesterday, the thing I'll say about him is like the speed is so like errant. <laughs> it's so. I mean, sometimes you can get lost in it when you're in a game and there's a lot of people everywhere, and so it's like kind of hard to follow. Like, man, when you're in an empty stadium like that, and you see him get some get some open grass, like the speed is so apparent, like. The explosiveness where like if he sees a lane and he takes off like it's going to be hard to catch him um there was one play yeah like you mentioned ball security where it was it was tough to set, tell tell whether you know he hit the ground and that's why the ball came up honestly i thought it was his helmet because his helmet came off. so i thought his helmet was all the way over there but then it was like the ball because everybody started running after it i'm not really sure what happened there but yeah i mean that was one instance well, what I know happened was the helmet went one direction, and I think that's what you focused on. The ball actually rocketed at least 10 to 15 feet in the air down. So somebody <laughs> made good contact. Um, and yeah, so again, we couldn't see if he was down or not. It was kind of a pile of players, but I believe the safeties were involved in that. It might have been Chase and, and another guy. Um, regardless, um, they were cracking yesterday. You know, you could hear the helmets popping. Yeah, they were not afraid. You know, there was a lot of plays where it's like one guy gets there first, and another guy comes to clean up, clean up duty. I think that's how you would want to refer to it. So there was, it was definitely physical yesterday out there. It wasn't a, you know, just wrap up. It wasn't like the Pro Bowl, you know, where they just like wrap up and. It wasn't a thud day in any in any way, shape, or form. It was full tackle to the ground scrimmage, um, and you know, they, it, it was set up. I mean, they started their. You know their drives from what around the 30 or 35 yard line pretty much every time yeah i, I wanted to mention that too so some of J jackson's uh, touchdowns i think some of those were on a shorter field so yes yes absolutely you know those weren't you know full full field drives those were like all right we're in the red zone situational stuff. yeah very situational yes yes so but again just to add some context and not to take anything away um you know if some all right if someone's saying all right well jackson's definitely ahead of miller what we really want to point out here um, is the gap is closing. You know, that year away from football, and I, more than anything, I think just affected Miller's confidence. And that's what I think we're, we're seeing more of each day uh, that goes by. Um, he's just not afraid to let it rip. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the results are, they are, but he's not afraid to let it go now. Both these guys are super talented. So I just, I would, I would encourage fans, you know, like I know it's easy to get very excited about both these guys. And I know Jackson's being a lot of hype. It's like, you know, like let these guys develop at their own rate. Right. You know what I mean? We're at USC. We're, you know, as a team, they're blessed enough to have a guy, a quarterback right now, who's a legitimate Heisman candidate, in my opinion. And I was just, I was just like, isn't that what everybody should be rooting for? Is that Keen Slovis, as Clay Helms said, is standing up. Because if Keaton Solovis is standing up, USC is probably going to be in really good shape offensively. Yeah. So if those two never have to see the field, that's a win. That's a that this is a conversation more so for right. fall twenty two uh, and spring twenty two. Right. Right now we're evaluating. You know, if one of them needs to go in, who's going to be ready? After one week of fall camp, 
I don't think the staff is ready to make that decision yet. They don't want to. No, no. The priority should be keeping number nine up as as yeah. much as they can, and I think that's a so that's a good segue to the yeah. offensive line. I mean, it. Yeah, you mentioned this before, but like, I think that they've got their core set in yes. terms of like six, seven, eight guys, where it's like, okay. Our five, our starting five is going to be this blend. And then everybody else, we're going to need at some point because, you know, if there's one thing with offensive linemen, you know, somebody rolls on top of another person or something happens where, you know, a guy needs to come in and take some snaps or whatever. But I think what you see in a lot of like the core four, if you will. So the older guys from Voorhees, Nealon, uh, Liam Jimmins, Jalen McKenzie. And then that left tackle spot has been really interesting, right? Uh, right? You mentioned this, but, you know, Jonah Monheim is, is, this, is a name we've been seeing there a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another name, you know, look, the offensive line yesterday was definitely a, a resume day, you know, a, an evaluation day. Um, you know, they, they ran the ones and then most of the day, it was just a lot of mixing and matching. Brett Nylon, you know, he, he, he what, played a couple of series and he was done for the day. They know what they have at him at center. So they, they were running Justin Dietrich there. They were running Andrew Milek there. Um, there was one other, and there was one other player that they put over there that kind of raised my eyebrow. The names, I, I can't remember off the top. Oh, Liam Douglas. At center, and, you mean? Yeah, at yeah. center. Liam yeah. Douglas got some run at center. I was like, wow, I've never seen him there before. So again, it was just a lot of mixing and matching. Um, they had some nice time. You know, they had some good moments. Um, you know, we, we didn't mention Brandon Campbell when we were talking about the running backs. He had one of the nicer runs as well. Mm -hmm. um, so between Keenan and Brandon Campbell, that's who, that's who the line was blocking for most of the day, as well as Quincy Jonte. So, you know, whether that's, you know, that's going to be the, the grouping, no. You know, we're, we're, not, we're never going to see Mason Murphy, Max Gibbs, and a couple of veterans as your as a starting lineup in the starting lineup this year, not unless the line is just decimated with industry with injuries. So the coaches are know they know what they're looking for. They're looking for technique. Are they did they read their assignment correctly? That's their takeaway. You know, we're looking for, hey, you know what? Who got beat in their one-on-one -on -one match? Completely different. <laughs> They're not looking at where we're looking at. And they also have the benefit of going back in time, if you will. So they can just, you know, look for something now and then go back six hours later and see if they saw something else too. And film, exactly. So, I mean, I think the bigger point with the offensive line is like, don't, don't make any judgments yet about who you might see. Like, this is not, you know. It's definitely a whip though. You know, we're going to use that term a lot this year. Whip, W-I-P, work in progress. Yeah. So if you ever see that, I think they've made progress as a unit. Would I don't know if you agree or not. I, I think that we're starting to see more and more, you know, oh, that was that was a nice hole. Or like, you know, hey, that they covered that up nicely. I don't know. That's just I'm not obviously you don't know because you're playing against your teammates, right? You're playing against a defense that knows what you're gonna do, and you're playing against guys that you know. So it's you won't really know for sure until September 4th. But like, you know, I'm seeing signs like, hey, you know, that was pretty nice, you know, things like that. Correct. And remember, these guys, you know, who are, are, are going against, a, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good defensive line. If we want, if we just want to flip, this, flip over to the other side of the ball now. That's it. Um, alert, maybe not. Corey Foreman's good. Um, you know, Drake Jackson was out yesterday. Uh, he was in shoulder pads, but again, I think, yeah, he's still acclimating. Um, so, you know, somebody who stepped up yesterday, who made the most of his opportunity, uh, when Hunter Eccles was out, Giuliano Falanico just was like, whoa, where'd you come from, dude? Richard Sr., late bloomer. Okay. But he was everywhere yesterday. I mean, he, I think he was credited with a sack, tackle for a loss, he, but he was constantly disrupting the play always around where the ball was finishing regardless so you know all of a sudden now if Todd Orlando's got you know oh, we've got this extra wild card who's usually just been contributing on special teams hey you know what I might be able to throw him out there now 
that's a bonus. I don't think anybody was anticipating, you know, hearing that name very often. Through week one, he made the most of his opportunity yesterday when it was out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to touch on those two names you mentioned. Like, Corey, with Corey Foreman, it's like, you see on date, like, if I didn't know who his number zero was, right? And then you watch him play, it's like, okay, now I understand why this dude had every coach in America calling. Right. He's got a first step, his, his speed as a D lineman to, like, get out there and just just make tackles and stuff it's 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 pretty cool to watch and it's very i haven't seen a lot of dudes do that personally it's not just his speed he is he's a he's an athletic freak because he has the the strength to push his man back with one horn yeah he yeah he also can do that too he's not just a speed he can do both he's a rare guy who can do both right he has the speed to get around the edge he has the enough technique that he could you know spin and take you inside if you're you know if if you're cheating to the outside but he's also quick enough to read the play and jump and deflect passes which we saw that a couple times yesterday i mean I, he showed the whole package um so I, I i would imagine that coach saoto is pretty pleased with where he's at at this stage of his development right now and they, they spent a lot of time this week. I think that's one thing, like, in drills and stuff like that. You always saw Corey with Vic, you know? It's, and it wasn't like, hey, it wasn't like a, you need to do this. It's, it's more like, a, okay, this is what we're doing here. This is what I need you to, need you to see, that type of stuff. Right. Um, but I want to touch on Juliano Falonico. It's like, the one thing I saw from him yesterday was just, like, motor. Yes. His motor yesterday was incredible. Like, you know, sometimes, like, he'd meet a blocker, and they'd engage for a second, and then he's going right around them to make a tackle. And just, the guy was nonstop yesterday, and I, and I love seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know, jumping back to the line, you know, other guys, you know, because of the way Corey is developing, this is allowing guys like Nick Figueroa to just become, you know, Captain Chaos. Um, Tui, Tui Pelotu yesterday was, again, doing his thing. This defensive line up front is going to be solid. Um, and it's Jacob Lichtenstein, also very disruptive yesterday. Got a lot of, a lot of playing time. Dejan Benton. Um, this line, they're, they're pretty much all this, I don't want to say the same size going across, but they're very similar. They're all in that 270 to 295 range. And that's on purpose. I'm sorry? I said that's on purpose. A lot of that yeah. is by design. Yeah. Yeah. But it allows them to be very versatile. Move exactly. them around. You can you can never say, all right, well, this guy's lining up here and this guy's lining up there. For all we know, you know, Corey Foreman will be lining up over the ball one time. We don't know that yet. You know, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. But you know, we're still waiting for Jamar Sakona to come back from um, his health and protocol. Um, Kobe Pepe was back out there yesterday uh, in shoulder pads, um, which, by the way. Um, because we were talking about this yesterday before the scrimmage started. If you ever hear somebody say head and shoulders, he that is who he is. He has no neck. <laughs> None. <laughs> he is a warthog. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And I say that compliment with with with, with compliments. It, it's not meant to be demeaning. Yeah. He's just that fire plug, very stout, bull-like strong. But that's you know, we didn't even get to see that yesterday. Yeah, that's the kid. That's the kid at Boston who led the Trinity League in sacks, right? Right. Him or Jamal, who are, you know, are anticipated to play over the ball. So instead, we got to see what the other guys can do. We haven't even seen the Alabama transfer Ishmael Sofstra yet. We, we know that he's pretty laid back. Very laid back personality, yep. And we're hoping to see more of him this week coming up. As everybody starts getting more acclimated, if you will. Yes. But he was, he was, you know, the end of the week, uh, I think we saw him in full pads on Thursday, right? I think so. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, I think so. And he was doing drills and stuff too. So he, he's working his way back. Right. And I'll tell you what, the defensive line yesterday, you know, they had their, they had a lot of, the defense won the day yesterday. I think that's probably going to be, a fair assessment. Offense came on late with a few touchdown passes, but overall, the defense had their way. Um, but they also had a few bad moments. 
uh, you know, the flags came out, you know, a few pass interference penalties. Uh, along the defensive line, though, and the linebackers, you know, they were drawn off sides a few times. Yeah. Um, and it was done with the clap. You know, they just, that discipline wasn't there. They, were, they weren't ready. They weren't watching the ball. Well, at a certain point, I think it was after the third one. Vic got tired of it, yeah. Vic was tired of it. <laughs> and all I saw were his guys in a circle on their belly doing up and downs with Vic standing in the middle yelling really loud. I'm not going to say what he was saying, but Lord Vic, yeah, good thing he wasn't using his force at that moment <laughs> because he was sending a message. What do you think of the the inside backers? You know, there's, I think it's a it's a three man race for two spots there at the inside backer position. You know, Kanai Malga, Ray Scott, and Raylan Goforth. With I think we would both agree that Kanai Malga is you know pretty much a lock for one of them. So it comes down to Ray and Raylan, who are two completely different players in my in my view. Well, I you know, so far, um, and I'm not saying he's he's past Raylan, but we've seen. Kanai and, and Scott paired together to, to you typically to start practice. Um, but yeah, no, that's a that's a good problem to have because I don't think Raylan's done anything to you know to, to be unseated from from a starting role. Um, and gosh, you know, we've got mm-hmm. we got someone just in the in the wings, just waiting. I, I can feel it, he's close. Um well, we'll get to we'll get to him in a second. What did you see from Rajon Davis and Julian Simon before we get to uh, my guy? I like what they saw yesterday. I really did. I, I liked what they. I like what I saw yesterday from both of them. It's like I think Julian is like you could tell that Julian was here earlier than Rajon. Yes. Just in terms of reps and just in terms of like the way he's able to like read things. Obviously, you know, a lot, still a lot of time left to be to determine what they're going to be at USC. But you know, I thought Julian. And I watched him a couple of plays and he was filling holes good. He was. He looked the part, man. He's he's filling out really good, yes. man. He's he's looking big and strong, and I thought he had some nice tackles yesterday. He did. Um, I, there was and sometimes because the zero and the nine look so similar on the field, on their uniforms because of the way that they scrunch up a little bit. Yeah, hard to tell. Uh, yeah, there was times where I was like, "Oh, Foreman's making a great." No, that's Rajon Davis. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know where we should, you know. I don't know if we should hype these guys up too much right now because they're still learning. But, you know, I, I think the inside linebacker position is going to be okay as the season goes along. Um, you, you, you know, we mentioned the veterans and Kanai and Rayland and Scott. Um, we're now, you know, I'm mentioning the younger guys. And there's one more veteran out there who I think is just, man, he's close, Josh. I don't know. Really yeah. Solo man, I, I watched him. He's fully pad. He, he's wearing full pads now. He's still, you know, limited what they're allowing him to do. But, you know, when he's not taking part in the team stuff where they're, you know, hitting, he's got his own personal tackle sled that he's, you know, he's abusing it. He's physically assaulting this thing, and it's it's not just hitting the sled. He's doing that whole drive and twist it to the ground type of stuff that Coach Niver teaches uh, during practice. And I'm thinking to myself, if they're allowing him to do this by himself, unsupervised, I mean, I'm sure people are watching, but I mean, there's nobody hover. There's no, there's no helicopter dad right over him right now. I think he's really close to joining the team. And if that's the case, man. Man, he, he adds an element that yeah yeah he, i mean those those of us like you know I've, I've i've talked to scott and mark and you know a lot of people around you know the people who have like covered him when he was in high school and stuff man if they could get that guy back it adds a whole another dimension to that linebacking core man yeah you know he was the guy that everyone was like all right we have to he was the dude <laughs> i mean there was not a more sought after linebacker coming out of high school this year and to think that he has not played a down since the senior senior year of high school is just quite amazing. 2017, I think. Yeah, he's a uh, he's one year younger than me, so 2018. Yeah, he graduated okay. in 2018, so which means he probably played his last 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So line, inside linebacker, I think we're going to be fine. Um, we talked about the the outside guys a little bit already. Um, Giuliano really flashed. We know Drake didn't get to play yesterday. Uh, anybody else catch your eye uh, from that second level? From those two, I mean, I would say most of the guys we saw are the ones we. They don't. They're, I wouldn't say they're thin at that. Oh, that's... you know what? Yes, you know what? Gosh, we do this every time. Hunter Eccles. Uh, uh, he's a given, though. To me, I mean, in terms of like, he's a guy to me that they're going to need this year. Well, he's been so consistent so far through through fall camp, and and even yesterday. Uh, it's just like he's doing what he's supposed to do. You know, if Drake isn't in, he's the he's the first guy. And we're kind of, you know, fluffing and pumping up Giuliano. And I think it's only because it's like it came out of nowhere. It's like, whoa, dude, where have you been? You know, it's not, it's almost like he overshadowed how well Hunter played yesterday. So I think we're going to be fine first level second level linebacker and then you then you add a trade jackson in there and yeah yeah let's, let's roll let's, let's roll, roll. Yeah. exactly who <laughs> <laughs> i don't care which lsu defensive tackles in the portal right let's roll. I, I, think, let's roll. I think we have enough i think we have enough right um would you say that the safeties are going to be the, the heart and soul of the defense well, this, I tell you what, man, the role they play in this defense, like, it's hard to say not because they're almost like they're almost like a third linebacker out there a lot of times. And the, the way that Coach Niver coaches them, it's very much like it's not your like it's it's less of your like Ed Reed, you know, just play in the back and like pick the ball. It's like, no, no, no we're going to put you in the box sometimes. You're going to have to hit and you're going to have to like really get in there. And sometimes you'll be in man like they do. They ask these safeties to do a lot. And yeah. I, it makes sense to me why they recruited so many of them in this class. No, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, something about the, the safeties with, with Niver is, or with Orlando's defense, I guess we should really say it, is, is that if you're a safety, you're probably going to play a lot. And you're like you talked about, you're going to play more like a linebacker. There were times yesterday, I think we saw maybe four or five on the field at the same time. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, well, they've got a lot to choose from. Exactly. And I, I think that's by design as well. Yeah. Right. So, you know, some might be better in run support. Others might be better, you know, in pass, you know, passing downs. The one, I think the one person we know that will be out there probably every down will be Isaiah Polamau. Yep. Where they line them up, though, you know, I, I think they're going to get creative. Um, you know, he, he could be in the box. He could be on the back line. Who knows? But he'll be the one guy out there. Chase Williams is probably the other guy that is probably the closest to being the, the, the starting, I guess, starting safety. The, the counterpart, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, just, you got Greg Johnson at nickel, maybe, who plays like a linebacker. I tell you what, man. I you he know, had a pop yesterday that was just oof. He might have been the guy in on that fumble with Keenan. I really like what I've seen from Greg in the last, you know, he had some injuries before and such, but man, when I watch him, you know, not only physically in run support, but also in man-to-man -man coverage, to me, he's made some pretty good strides there when I watch him in these one-on-one -on -one drills. Like he looks super fluid, super comfortable out there in one-on-one. -on -one. And like in this nickel in this defense at that nickel bat, you have to be able to play man. Because yeah. T.O. is aggressive. He's going to, he's going to, he's not afraid to blitz. So you, your DBs have to be able to cover. And I, I like what I've seen from Greg. I want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, look, if you're a defensive back, you're going to be on an island. So you better be able to cover. Absolutely. Because of what you just said. You know, Orlando likes to bring the heat. So uh, what we saw yesterday, at least in the scrimmage, pardon me. Uh, I think Caleb Bullock. Uh, kind of popped yesterday out of the blue, you know, because he he's been hurt the last couple of practices, dinged up, mm -hmm. not hurt, but um, yeah, yesterday he, he caught my eye. Um, Chris Thompson, uh, I think he's his strongest suit is probably going to be in run support, at least early. That's my early impression. I agree. Yeah, his he can bring the heat. 
I mean, Kalen Bullock is, again, one of those guys where, like, when you look at them do the drills, you go, who's 27? Right. He's tall. He's got – he's his length is pretty impressive. He's got good speed. Like, that's one of those guys, man. You give one of him a, one, a year or two with, under Craig Niver, and you you might get a really, really good player. Um, he, 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 he's built like a Marvell Tell, that type of body. Yeah. If, yeah. Marvell is starting safety for the Colts now. And you give you give you know Clay Kalen a couple years in that strength and conditioning program, and you're looking at a Marvel Tell type. Yeah, I agree with you on Chris Thompson. Um, they're gonna and it, the great thing is like they're gonna need one of those safeties to be like the guy they use when it's like a run support type of situation, right? Uh, another name that I like that flashed yesterday was Xavier Alford. Yes. Um, there was a couple sequences there where the offense was like trying to accomplish something. Like I can't can't get into it, but and Xavier like you could literally see him pick it up. And I thought that was so cool. Like you could literally see him process it and he was able to get over there and make a play. And I thought that was, you know, impressive too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I know we're, we're sending really positive um, because we want to, we, we want to point out what went well. Um, and we're, we're going to continue doing that. Um, there, there will be a, but at the end of this. So. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and those are the safeties in terms of the corners. Again, you know, the, the main guys, you know, Isaac Isaac Taylor Stewart is still acclimating. Uh, well, I don't know if he's acclimating because he was he should already be at the acclimation point. The really? fact, that, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, he's one day ahead of Drake. <laughs> I do know that, so I don't know if. <clears throat> excuse me. What I noticed is he had a I, I think there was a, a sleeve on his knee yesterday, not really? a brace. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe he aggravated something. Or you know maybe twisted something towards the tail end of the week. I don't know because I think we were looking forward to seeing him. Chris Steele only played a few series yesterday. Uh, he looked sharp, and then they you know it was everybody else. And it's your Josh Jacksons, your Dorian Jackson, Jaden Daniels, and those guys. You know, again, Keaton Slovis wasn't throwing the passes, but they were making life difficult for the receivers and the quarterbacks early going for the first, I'd say, hour of scrimmage. And there were no touchdowns. The offense was struggling. Sticky. So, yeah. So there's, these guys are sneaky good. Um, Sierra Wright, you know, uh, he was a, he was on one side for most of the day. Um, and I watched him go up against Kyle Ford. I watched him go up against John Jackson. Um Michael, I watched him go up against everybody. Um, he got a lot of run yesterday, that's for sure. Got a lot of run yesterday. Whether he's going to be ready, San Jose State, I don't know. But they're getting him ready. Yeah. <laughs> the season is so unpredictable, man. You never know what might happen. You just you really never know what might happen. So, you know, he got a lot of reps out there. A lot of young guys got a lot of reps. Um, and growth. We'll put it like that. Growth. Yeah. Yeah. So again, when you when you consider who played and who really and who didn't play, um, and when who played and how little they played, uh, I think yesterday was all about the coaches. Let's evaluate our younger guys. We got to see who we can put in live bullet situations. I mean, Clay McGuire, uh, Clay Her- uh, Graham Harrell. And Seth Dagey, I think, were the three offensive coaches. Um, they didn't even go up to the press box. They sat on the other side of the field in the stands. Yeah, they were like just kind of like yeah, kind of just lingering there. Yeah, and I don't know why they wanted that that you know wanted to view it from that perspective, but you know they had the same view that we had, essentially, maybe a little bit lower down, but same view. Similar. Yeah. So. Again, they're looking for different keys though than what we're looking for. We're looking for, all right, who won that repetition? You know, you guys don't care if I know how to break down somebody's, you know, first step, you know, breaking away from the line. You know, was it a good false step? None of that matters. I'm not going to fucking report that shit. (laughs) Just not. You want to know, hey, um, Cortland Ford won this battle versus so-and-so. Jason Rodriguez won that battle. You know, where, where do we think the offensive line is going to be? You know, is Justin Dietrich, if they're going to call him their best and most versatile interior lineman, will explain to us why he's not starting instead of saving him as your bullpen pitcher. Right. 
those are the things that we want to get out of camp, out of out of the scrimmage. Those are the things we can say, like probably translate to what we're going to see in this season. I think like that that, that type of stuff is not going to change, right? No. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for here, because everything else is still like emotion. I would, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, even when they were, look, we saw a bunch of emotion and passion earlier in the week. Um, where you know they had to stop practice a few times because you know, these guys are competing. You know, they know jobs are on the line, and that's you want it. You know, being uncomfortable is a good thing. And I, I think some of that kind of showed up yesterday in the scrimmage. Guys were maybe pressing a little bit. You know, I think the quarterbacks were early going. Whether the, the guys on the line are pressing, I don't know. But um, again, yesterday was more about, all right, this is where you've been all week. Let's see what you're going to do in a game-like situation. Now week two starts. Um, yesterday's scrimmage, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it, um, you know, good as far as where you want the offense to be right now. Only because, you know, this is the third year in the system. But again, you keep everything into context. I, I think they got what they wanted. A lot of, a lot of evaluation. Mm -hmm. Did we mention the tight ends? We did not mention the tight ends. Yeah, scatterbrain. Maybe it's because we were not used to looking for the tight ends. But hey, I think I think that might change. Yeah, because yesterday they were involved, and they've got some like they've got so much they diversity yesterday. And maybe that's why I didn't bring it up. They had a case of the dropsies yesterday. I mean, they, well, I just want to say my takeaway on the tight ends so far is that they have so much diversity now. They have like they finally have guys where it's like you. You have like three or different body types and like play style types you can throw out there that like makes a defensive coordinator have to adjust their approach. Like if you want to go vertical, you got a trick. You know, if you got a if you want a blocking guy, you got to follow. Follow. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody saw that that catch. Man, follow made. I can tell you what, seeing that in real time was absolutely nuts. I I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just saw that. It, it took us to see that video that USC released to, to really appreciate just how athletic of a play that was. It's freaky. Yeah. I mean, that was NFL level type of stuff. So yeah, you know, maybe the tight end is the secret sauce to this offense. And, and I mean that including with blocking the run game too, because we saw some stuff that was like, whoa, that was cool. You know, but again, we're not going to report on any type of strategy or technique that we saw, but you know, the Titans are involved. Yesterday, they didn't have a good day. And I'll just leave it there. I'm sure Seth Fahey is talking about that. Yeah. And you know what? How good do you want... How good do we expect these guys to be after one week? As a team? Ball camp. Seriously. I mean, where do you want them to be? You know, there's the argument of, you know, why are we sitting our starters so early? There's always going to be, you know, that argument, you know, or, you know, is it a culture of, you know, is it breed softness? I don't know. If they were doing that, you know, the last week of camp, are we looking at it differently? What are your thoughts, Josh? I, you know. Or should, I, we, or should we leave that for the for the people on USC Scoop to talk about. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't have any problem with what I've seen so far. Um, I think this week, I think we're going to be able to get more from this week than we did last week. Put it like that. Okay. You think there's, so there'll be more accountability? Man, you know, accountability is the way to put it, but I think you'll see more like, uh, I think you'll see things get a little bit more strict. Is that a way, to, is that a good way to put it? So more accountability? Sure, we, I give it to you. <laughs> I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, we're, we're on the same we level. Split, yeah, we could split that here however you want. Um, I, I, yeah. I'm going to call this week Hell Week that's coming up. Um, they're going to have six days of practice. 
I'll be surprised if at least four of those aren't fully padded. They're gonna get after it. Yeah, I'll be shocked. I won't say shocked. I think we're gonna see them flip things back and forth on the offensive line now. Because by the end of this week coming up, Clay McGuire needs to settle in on his starting five. I I, I think they want a good solid two weeks of, all right, guys, get your shit together. Because San Jose State will be here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's that's no the delicate balance. No, the guy on your right. Yeah, that's that's a delicate balance. Clay McGuire talked about this week is like, you know, at some point you have to find your five and let them build chemistry together. And I think that we're slowly approaching that. Like, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say like a like a cutoff, but like the the time is coming, right? You want them to be like, okay, this is you want them to identify this is our best five. Let's start giving these guys time to acclimate to each other. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I guess that's probably a good point to, to wrap up this week's episode. And uh, we'll be back this week at some point in yeah. some capacity. And uh, you know, we'll give another update, see where that goes. I'm sure uh, we'll have, I know that we'll be able to talk with uh, Helton tomorrow after practice. So we'll be able to get some updates on, uh, on the roster. Um, will Mananoa Tufono uh, be back? Will Casey Collier be back? And also, you know, obviously, we'll get any other injury updates uh, that are out there. So, because we know everybody's waiting on those. It was weird. Usually, after scrimmage, we talk to the coach, but yes, it was. Just, it was yeah, it was done. Scrimmage, go home. Literal. <laughs> get out of here. Literally, go home. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, guys. Until uh, till the next episode, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll have everything from fall camp coming up this week.